welcome to another installment of Panglossian Productions presents the Best of All Possible Podcast. I am your humble host, Robert Weathers. Ah, oh, nobody clapped. Oh, I'm so sad. I'll clap. Yes. It was it was just a physical reaction. <laughs> I threw my arms up in the air. Everyone just stared at me. What do you want? <laughs> uh, so. Uh, thanks for joining us here. Uh, we here at Panglossian Productions in Williamsburg, Virginia have a love for the weird. We love the unproduced, the underproduced, and boy do we love 10-minute plays. So much so that every so often we here in town will produce evenings of 10-minute plays, and we take submissions from authors all over the world. And we have come to discover something pretty recently. We have hundreds of 10-minute plays. So many that even... <laughs> Thank you. That was great. Uh, we have so many plays that there's no possible way we could ever produce them. And you know, while some of these plays... Everything all right over there? <laughs> some of these plays are really pretty bad. Some of them are actually really very good. And we think that they deserve at least a cold read. So we're going to give a 10-minute play a cold read here tonight. Um, and every week... On the Panglossian podcast, on the Best of All Possible podcast, we have a special guest. And this week, our special guest is Marsha Dads. Welcome, Marsha. Thank you. So, Marsha, I can't help but notice that you're drinking a non-brand name water over there. So I have a really important question to ask you. Sure. I saw a commercial the other day that a, an unnamed brand of water claimed to be the best on earth. Do you think that's even possible? I do not. Yeah, how do you even regulate that? I Am I right? have no idea. Water is water. Ex exactly, right? Putrid, stinking, fresh on the face, it's all water. Well, I would not want to drink the putrid. <laughs> oh, right. Well, anyways. <laughs> uh, so, um, you are, uh, you're active in, in the local theater scene. How long have you been living in Williamsburg? I have been in Williamsburg since 2007, so that's what? How many years is that? Seven? No. <laughs> Ten. Ten. Oh. Ten years. <laughs> Thank you. It's been a long day. No, we are performers. We are not mathematicians. Thank you. Uh -huh. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Just put me on the spot. <laughs> well, we're really happy to have you here Thank tonight. You. Thank you very much for coming. Uh, tonight, we are going to be reading a play titled, After All These Years, by Mercedes Lake. Uh, and joining us in the reading, we have two other we have two other actors, one of whom is performing some sort of Buddhist ritual to try and calm himself. So I'll introduce him first, Jason Ballou. Welcome, Jason. Does this mean I get to talk now? Because the pressure valve has been released oh on you. Oh my goodness, some of those things just... Hmm. So it looked, Robert, like, it looked like you were admiring my abilities as a host over there. Oh, I was enamored by it. What honestly. did you admire most about my opening for this particular podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, there's so many things that I could say uh, that really just captures the essence that is Robert Weathers right now. But you know what? I'll just leave it at this. I am perpetually entertained by the choices you make in these moments. <laughs> is, this, is this sort of like the equivalent of walking up to someone after a show and being like, You... I, I've never seen it done that way before. Yes. <laughs> yes. Is that what we're talking about? And I, and I have had that moment where I, I had to just go up to a cast member that a show that I just saw, and I shook that man's head, and I said, wow. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. Oh, yes. And I walked away. 
Well, speaking of never having done it this way before, sitting to your left and also to my left, just a little bit farther, is none other than Joseph Ziarka. Welcome, Woo! Joe. Welcome. Joe, uh, say something funny. I oh, uh, you're really good funny. at putting people on the spot. You know that that oh. is that is not a good talent in a host. Um, I, I, I damn. <laughs> I want to apologize. As I, I spoke before, you you did make it explicit that that uh, we should not speak prior to being introduced, and I always found that to be odd in podcasts because I'm curious what the other people are doing there. Um, as they're not speaking, but I actually got to witness it firsthand, and it's apparently Baloo <laughs> biting his fist, <laughs> attempting not to say something or or laugh at, at that, something. That was literally a fist in mouth. In mouth. <laughs> not to mention yeah. that we have Lauren here, our sound tech, who is laughing away and, and, <laughs> and a squealing pig, apparently, and five other people who are sitting over there doing their best to keep quiet along with Baloo. Uh, they will never be released. So, <laughs> so, uh, the play, again, that we're reading tonight is uh, written by a playwright named Mercedes Lake. So we want to say special thanks to Mercedes Lake for her work. And uh, the play is After All These Years. The characters are Margaret, Henry, and Joseph. So, Marsha, will you be so kind as to read Margaret? Oh, yes, of course. Amen. Thank you. <laughs> Jason, will you please read Henry and Joe? Uh, yes. Will you read Joseph? I can do that. I will read the sage directions, and the play begins now. Act one, scene one, lights up on Margaret, who stands in the middle of a very lived-in home, like a grandparent's house you wouldn't like to visit. There are many things someone could know about me, but no one cares to ask. Perhaps the most important for now is that I've been married to my husband a very long time. Margaret starts to pour herself a drink. A very, very, very long time. Margaret tips her glass and greedily finishes her cocktail. The door starts to jiggle. Henry enters the room. Oh, so nice of you to finally join us, dear. Oh, I took the long way home tonight. Henry starts to pour himself a drink. Had some thinking to do. Oh, I'm shocked, dear. Truly, I thought you gave that up years ago. Oh, I was thinking about... Henry tries to remember. Uh, the card game at the Elks tonight. Or the neighbor's wife, maybe. Remarkable. She never closes the blinds. Who? Well, the neighbor's wife. That's my favorite thing about her. Not even in the bathroom. Why do you tell me these things? Because you're the only person in the room. Could you make dinner? Yes, dear. A timer dings. Margaret serves dinner. Oh, good. Because I'm hungry. I bet the neighbor's wife doesn't make suppers the way that I do. No. She makes them with love. In <laughs> 20 years, she won't be happy like she is now. Margaret puts their meals on two television trays on the couch. Henry turns on the television. The program is bright and unrecognizable, but they eat in silence all the same. Henry lights up a cigarette. Must you? It's a complicated. That's a compliment to the meal. If you wanted to drink gin and smoke cigarettes, you should have stayed at the Elks Club. They didn't serve food at the Elks Club. Well, it's just fine, really. It's not like anyone visits anyway. Knock at the door. What was that? 
It's just the television. Did you invite one of your buddies over? You know very well I would never. Coming! Coming! They seem eager. Who knows why? Margaret opens the door. Yes? Can I help you? Hello. I believe you've been expecting me. Is that the cable guy? Are you the cable guy? No. I wish. Please, may I come in? It's an awfully cold evening. Joseph enters. He looks out of breath as he stumbles in carrying a briefcase with, briefcase with several manila folders that fall out of his hand. He sits down across from Henry, who continues to eat his dinner. Who the hell are you? Oh, don't be rude, <laughs> Henry. Can I offer you something to drink? Some dinner? No, thank you. Maybe some water. No, actually, it's fine. I really shouldn't impose. Fine, yes. I'm sorry. We're not used to having guests over, uh, Mr. Uh, who the hell are you, anyhow? Right. Sorry. My name is Joseph. I'd shake your hand, but for our sakes, <laughs> I'd rather not. You got the flu? No. I'm an angel of death, and I'm here to kill. Joseph starts to sort through his papers, frustrated. He looks up. One of you. I'm sorry, this is so unprofessional, but uh, you would really not imagine the paperwork that's involved with killing a person these days. Excuse me? <laughs> no, paperwork is very hard. Right? <laughs> right? I know. I'm not making a great first impression. Are you trying to play some sort of game here? Quite the contrary. I hate games. Ah, leave him alone, Margaret. He's doing his best. He's trying to kill us, Henry. Ah, <laughs> oh, man's got to do his job. <laughs> Thank you for your patience, though. This really is embarrassing. Uh, 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 listen, uh... <laughs> Margaret sputters in a rage. <laughs> Joseph. Uh, you get the hell out of my house. I'm sorry, ma'am. You can't escape death. They've written volumes about it. Who? The, the writers. Oh, right. Listen, you idiot. I'm smarter than my husband, and I don't have much patience for what you're saying, so I'm going to give until the count of three to get... Would you like one... me to prove it? Ooh, prove what? Uh, my... Angelic powers. I won't tell you again, you son of a- Now, Margaret, calm down. <laughs> Let the nice man show us his angelic powers. You know, I've never seen angelic powers in real life before. Oh, they're good fun. Joseph walks up to the television and touches it gently. It begins to whir until it crackles and dies. Margaret is aghast. <laughs> Who's going to pay for that? There's a piece of junk anyway, Margaret. Look, all pleasantries aside, I really must be getting on with my business. Oh, you mean killing us and everything. Yes, exactly. One of you, tonight. Joseph looks through his briefcase as it spills on the floor. Once I find the proper form, I'll be done in a... It should be Henry. Excuse me? Henry. You should kill Henry. Ah, oh, Margaret, don't start. <laughs> Let me just say that in my prime, I was shapely and Ugh. beautiful. I always held up my end of the conversation. Uh -huh. Since then, Henry and I have built a house. We've had three children, two of which still speak to me. Mm. My hands were softer. <laughs> now I pee with the door open. Just so Henry can remember that I do, in fact, still have all those parts down there, and they're all working just fine. Thank you very much. I am a lady, after all. Uh, you, uh, you are a lady. It's the first thing I noticed about you. And my poor Henry. His memory's starting to go, and his, his blood pressure's through the roof. Huh? Oh, and he snores. Terrible. For years I heard it echoing. Something isn't right with his sinuses. Oh, I'm healthy as an ox. Yes, 
sturdy as an ox. His mind, it's not what it used to be. I mean, I doubt he'd even be able to go on without me. That's very sweet. I would so. I would so go on without you. I need my eat at the neighbor's house and smoke at their dinner table. Oh, God. you really must watch out for cigarettes. They're no good for you. No, I think it should be Margaret. Me? Well, better you than me. Henry, after all these years... Uh, you're always talking about how much you wish you were dead. Seems like now is an excellent opportunity. I only want to die because I have to spend the rest of my life with you. <laughs> Dear, I... I really didn't want to cause any trouble. Oh, really? It's, it's no trouble. We'll get to the bottom of this. My vote is kill Margaret. Henry! <laughs> how could you? After all we've been yeah, through... Yeah, several wars, several houses, several children. Sounds like a fine life to me. Yes. That's what I think you should... That's why I think you should end it on a high note. That seems very thoughtful. I love my husband so much that it took me years to resent the way he eats a sandwich. I love my wife so much that I'd be satisfied with only my memories of her. <laughs> I love my husband so much that I want to watch him take his last few breaths in front of me. Uh, this would all be very sweet if it wasn't so sad. Margaret pull, pours, pulls herself another drink. She puts it on an old Bobby puts on an old Bobby Vinton record. She lights up a cigarette and leans back on the couch. Joseph, let me tell you about my husband. Oh, boy. <laughs> when I met Henry, he was sharp as a tack and had incredible earning potential. When we were married, our neighbors and friends talked about our reception for years. Our kids went to college. What happened next? Well, I took all my anxiety and pushed it deep down inside myself. After years, it became a stone that grows larger every day. Then, eventually... I started to forget about all those things that made me so terribly anxious. Then I forgot almost everything else. I'm sure there's other things that happened in between. Is there anything else you remember, Henry? Uh... Anything? <sighs> Do you remember Niagara Falls? Margaret stands up and pulls Henry close to her. They dance slowly to the crooning voice of Bobby Vettin. It was our honeymoon. We stayed at a bed and breakfast. An old couple made us pancakes in the morning. The falls were beautiful. We got up early. <laughs> stayed in bed. <laughs> we had nowhere to be. Oh, I remember the first house we had in the front yard. You had a garden. We'd leave the blinds open at dinner. Everyone could see what we had made. Uh, that was before I started to forget. It was before I hated you. It's a shame you felt that way. It's a shame that you started to take the long way home. It's a shame that I have to kill just one of you. <laughs> <laughs> Margaret puts her he head on Henry's shoulder. They continue to dance. Joseph watches for a moment in trance. He walks closer to the couple, with neither of them noticing. He puts his hand on their shoulders, and the two drop to the ground. Bobby Vinton continues to croon. Joseph sits on the couch, marveling at Margaret, Margaret and Henry, until the record ends. He picks up his files and begins to thumb through them. Oh, right. It was the woman across the street. These two were meant to live for ages. 
Joseph begins to pack up his things, and he leaves. He regards Margaret and Henry one last time. It's a pity, really. They seem so happy. Blackout. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, oh boy. so we have a few minutes for a little discussion here. Jason, do you know this man? <laughs> well, in a past life, uh, me and Andrew were good drinking buddies. We'll just put it that way. You know what? I gotta say, I think I, I think that most people know this couple uh, and have have experienced that uh, at some point or another. People who were just vicious to each other in that family sort of way. See, but that's the thing. Yeah, everyone knows these two people and this couple, and yet, as we, as I was reading it, none of it felt cliché. Like, it felt very natural, so uh, kudos to uh, Mrs. Lake on that, because it, it just, you, you immediately made a connection with them, which is, I think, vital in something like this, a 10-minute play. Yeah, it, it did really have, a, I think, a great balance of enough familiarity that like we've said, you, you know it, and you know it pretty quick, but it, it never feels worn out. It never feels overly... Yeah, I, I, I don't think that I ever believed Henry uh, when he, you know, that he was genuine when he uh, said any of the various things. Uh, for example, at one point he says, I would so, I would go on without you, and then he proceeds with, I'd eat with a neighbor's house and smoke at their dinner table. Um, what do you think, Marsha? Do you think that Henry means anything that he, actually, that he says? I don't think he can remember anything he says from one minute to the next, quite frankly. Margaret. <laughs> <laughs> and it continues, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what about um, uh, Joe? What about Joseph? Um, what is he? What is he doing while all of these uh, insults are bouncing back and forth between the two? I, I, being that this, doing this is a legitimate cold read, uh, I was a little lost the whole time uh, with, is he very everyman? Is he very uh, mundane in his existence? I mean, we kind of get that description uh, that, that he, he's there with a briefcase, is, is in a, a suit, I think is what it says in the script, but prior to that, the cast of characters says timeless, an angel of death, and a very polite house guest. So I think that there is... Uh, Somewhere, there's a lot of fun to be had with Joseph in this weird intersection of mundanity, of that he is a, he's a, he's a pencil pusher. He's, he's just a, a bean counter, um, but he's also a timeless angel of death. And so there, there's this kind of weird thing that he, in some ways, speaks to me as being a, a very boring, and then in other ways, uh, maybe some opportunity to have fun with the fact that he is an angel. He's, he's elevated above... Well, Joe, he's Joe also is, terribly disorganized, yeah. and he has it's, no clue what he's doing yeah. at the same time. Yeah, and, and it, adding, adding on to that, I, I think uh, the playwright has given a lot of leeway with that character, but also given a lot of meat to be taken from it. So uh, mm -hmm. as an actor, I think there's, while, while you're right, when you're reading through it, it's, it's hard to figure out where he's going, but that's, I think there's so much potential that it's open-ended. And so you could see... You could see five different people playing that character entirely different. Joseph oh, would be played completely yeah. different absolutely. by whoever's hands they got put in. Yeah. I guess somewhat ironically, and we didn't note this before we started reading, but Joe did just a moment ago, in uh, Joseph's character description, he is described as an angel of death. He's not the angel of death. Mm -hmm. 
so that would imply that there oh, are others. That's so, why he's not very good at it. Yeah, yeah. he yeah. must be. He must he be must learning. Be. He's new. He's new. <laughs> he hasn't got his wings yet. And and I think really we could also very easily see a Josephine of of death or anything of that nature. You know that. I think that you're right about that. Yeah. I, I think. Mm, I, think I think I think Henry has something to say about that. Though. Henry probably would have something to say about that. <laughs> So what happened with uh, what happened between these two? Uh, 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 Joe mentioned the the word mundane a moment ago. Do you think that it's just the mundane living, uh, you know, living with just one other person, having nothing to do, and becoming a cloister of you know two individual people in one household? What's going on with these two people? Um, I mean that's 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 a, a definitely a more complex issue. But I think the way the way I rationalize it as 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 I was reading through it and figuring out the relationship between these two. Is it's a very long relationship, and you know, no matter how much you may have loved someone 40 years ago, they're often people change. Mm -hmm. People change absolutely, and sometimes your partner doesn't change with you. And yet, if you are in the type of marriage where you you say, "Well, the hell with it, I'm going to stick it out," um, there becomes, I, I think, a, a form of of resignment, um, but also resentment within it because they are holding you captive. And now here comes in Joseph. The uh, an angel of death, mm -hmm. giving the opportunity for freedom, for to get away from this yeah. situation. And it's not that you don't love the person; it's just that you've become so ingrained with everything that it, it really you don't even realize what you're saying is as hurtful, hurtful as it is. Yeah. Well, I get the impression, and this is me reading between the lines. <clears throat> I would be. He's had his dalliances in the past, oh, and definitely. I recognized that. But I've chosen to <laughs> chosen to <clears throat> continue to stay and try to make the best of it. And then, of course, over time, n knowledge of infidelity and mm -hmm. lack of trust wears away at a couple, and then communication goes right. in the toilet. And plus, his loss of memory. Um, you know, all those things combined just made it very challenging for the two of them. And by the end of it, it you know, where we are when we walk into this, the audience is essentially Joseph. It doesn't, all of this matters immensely, of course, for the, the actors to know where you are and where you are in this headspace, mm -hmm. but mm -hmm. there is that beauty that we said right at the beginning, which is people are going to uh, project a lot of these ideas, their experiences, the why their parents got divorced, or why their first marriage Absolutely. didn't work it out. Yeah. Or, or, yeah, they're well, not just going to acknowledge it, but they're yeah. going to understand it. Yeah, they're going to internalize this, and, and there is a beauty to kind of the, the um, unprecise nature of the relationship between the two of them. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, thank you everyone for uh, being on the podcast with us here today. Thank you to Joe and to Jason. I want to make a uh, special thanks to Marsha Dads for joining us here so, Marsh, you've got something coming up here in the area, don't you? I do. It's all very exciting. At Williamsburg Players, um, we are pre presenting a special event mm -hmm. called Leading Ladies. Um, it is a um, rare collaboration, if you will, of female talent, not to be missed, starring Miss Tiffany Haas. Um, she has is a local resident, but has been... Uh, playing had played the role of Glinda mm -hmm. on Broadway for 10 years in the Broadway and National wow, Touring Company. Great. So she will be taking up much of the second act of the show, in fact all of the second act of the show, and the first act of the show is going to be um, 
nine local area leading lady diva type <laughs> talents um, to include myself along with Caitlin Fitzhugh, Alana Houston, Shauna Lawhorn, Shannon Oliver Laco, Angelica Michelle, Elizabeth Joy Terrell, Christina Westenberger, and Valerie Zingardi. And it's all being directed and hosted by Mr. Jeffrey Seiler, and it will be taking place at the Williamsburg Players at 200 Hubbard Lane. The performances are September 29th and 30th. That's a Friday and a Saturday night at 8 o'clock. Uh, Sunday matinee, October 1st at 2. Tickets are $25 for all seats, and you can call the box office at 757-229-0431 or go to www.williamsburgplayers.org and click on the ticket login and get your tickets online. So we're really, really excited about it and we're really excited that Tiffany is going to grace our stage with all of her professional talents, as that's long as the, profe uh, the local professional talents as well. That's awesome, and we want to thank you for gracing us with your thank presence you. here Absolutely. tonight. Thank thanks you. a lot. We also want to make sure that we give thanks to Lauren Watkins, our sound technician, yeah. Yeah. and Zodiac Productions. Thank you so much. Once again, thanks to Mercedes Lake for her awesome work. And we want to make sure that you hit that subscribe button so that you get all of our new podcasts when they come out. Thank you for joining us on the Best of All Possible Podcasts. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.